I know this, the Bible is God's Word, and it is God's Word speaking to us now. And it is the most valuable book there is in the world. It is the most valuable thing in the world. Somebody said, I thought Jesus was the most valuable thing in the world. You can't truly know Jesus without the book. Because you can talk to a lot of people who don't look in the book, and they'll tell you all different kinds of things about Jesus. You with me? Well, he's like this, and he believes this, and he's like this. And if you are a person who knows the book, you're like, wait a minute, that's not the Jesus I know. And the Bible tells us that we need to be careful not to receive a different Jesus. You with me? Uh, meaning uh, that a portrayed Jesus, uh, you know, that he's not who people say he is. In other words, you know, how many people have had, and especially the day and age we live, people's character is assassinated all the time. You know what I mean? We, we used to talk about, you know, Kennedy, and he got assassinated. What did that mean? He, he got killed by somebody else. Some people's character gets assassinated by others, and Jesus' character gets assassinated all the time. You know, and people don't realize when his character uh, gets assassinated, uh, it gets killed. It means we're not seeing it the way we should see his character and who he is. Then we can come to all kinds of conclusions about him that are not even true. And you know, the sad part of it is some of the character traits that are attributed to Jesus are attributed to him from the pulpit or of churches. But, but that doesn't mean it's true unless it is written. And see, that's where the danger comes uh, when people move away from the written Word of God. They can come to all kinds of conclusions or they can say things that, um, you know, that are detrimental. And some of them are real, real religious sounding and sound really, really good. They do. They sound really good. A famous one is this, you know, like all this stuff that's happening, you know. People thought as soon as we hit 220, 2021, we were into a new year and it was going to get better. Right? Then... <laughs> And, you know, wasn't going to be like 2020. Everybody was like, whoo, this is going to be great. Like, you know, whoo And somebody posted something on social media on the 7th, which was two days ago, and they said, I've tried my trial version of 2021, and I want to return it. I don't want to participate in this. You know what I mean? But here's the problem. There are many people who will say such things like this. yeah. It's worse. I mean, it's already started off worse than last year. And then people will say stuff like this. But, you know, the Lord is in control. Now, that sounds good because I think what it does is some people go, hey, that helps me. But does it really help you to think God's in control? You know, if a kid has a toy... You know, anybody see Toy Story when it was, you know, that old, the old one? I haven't seen the other, what, they're all probably on like number 25 now. But like the first one, I think it was the neighbor kid who would just like torture the toys and tear the heads off. Like he was in control of those toys and kids were scared, you know, that, or the toys were scared to end up in the neighbor's yard. And, you know, there's people who think God's in control and like he's ripping heads off and doing all this stuff and deforming things and making a mess because God's in control. And God is not in control. And I know that hurts people sometimes, but how could you think God's in control and all this junk is happening? If God was in control, I would think that out of all the people who ever lived on the earth, the one who would have said, God is in control, would have been Jesus himself. And he never said God was in control. As a matter of fact, he made comments about God not being in control of everything. 
And then he basically said, it's up to us to do something about some of this disorder. Are you with me? Didn't he say, he shows up on the scene and said, I am the light of the world. Well, we think about that, and that may not mean what he was saying. You know, like, oh, the light in the darkness. No, basically, there is spiritual darkness, which is the absence of divine light. And he said, I am the light of the world. So when he came, he was basically saying that I have divine life in me, and it always overcomes darkness. And so he came to a world where all of humanity was in spiritual darkness. What an impact he had. And then he turns around and said, you guys, us believers, are now the light of the world. But I think we may not realize exactly what that means once one's received Christ, that they receive light. And I'm not talking natural light. I'm talking about the nature and the ability and the eternal life of God coming into them. And when it comes into them, they have something that is far superior to the whole world. And it is what the world needs. Let me say that again. Let's be careful, I'll say it a different way, let's be careful not to hate the world, the people in the world, because I used to be one of them. You could have found me years ago addicted to drugs and an alcoholic and all messed up, and if you were a Christian and you saw me, you might think that foul thing. But you had the answer I was looking for. You had the answer I was looking for. I remember one time thinking, man, I, I, I was in a real bad situation and uh, this uh, minister was there and I heard him talking to somebody and then moved on by and I thought, I, I wish I could have talked to him because I knew I needed something. And anybody in this world knows, no matter how they are, uh, whether they're fulfilled or not, whether they've got something in them or not, whether they're doing right or not. You with me? There is a truth to that. People know deep down whether they're doing right or not. And if people have to try to force their belief on people that what I'm doing is right and you better believe it, then they don't have much confidence in what they're doing when the Bible would call it sin. Because what they're trying to do is get people to come to the same side as them so they don't seem guilty and messed up inside. But that won't solve the problem. And the big thing is, is that we as believers not only have light in life, we have eternal life. We have what God has. Let me, let me say that again. We have what God has. You did not have what God had until you received Jesus. And then, and we need to major on this, then you got what He had and has. And it's called eternal life. And it is a force to be reckoned with. It is a power that Jesus said when you go to deal with the elements of the world and the devil and the things that are in the world, He said, listen, None of these things will harm you. When you go to deal with the devil, he will not harm you. Well, why is that? He harms other people because of who you are and what you have as a part of the glorious church. Now, you need to recognize that, but there's a key to walking in these things. I'm talking for a believer or anybody. Everything that is to be done ultimately as a believer 
is to be done by faith. And a lot of times we go, amen, yeah, living by faith. And we're not living by faith because we haven't looked in the book to see what faith looks like. But if we saw what faith looked like and we acted in faith, whoa, 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 watch out. And so I'm going to look at a couple of things that have to do with faith, things that you probably have uh, heard before, maybe, and uh, look at a couple of verses, and uh, we're going to look first at, at Hebrews 11. I mean, most people know this verse, but there's, you know, there's some things that... Um, that are necessary to make food good. <clears throat> you with me? Uh, there are some things that can really set food off. In a good way or a bad way. So when you start talking about, we're going to look at faith, that, that can be real pleasing to some. Others can go, yeah, I know all about that. And others are like, whew. Well, I've studied that. But sometimes, and then others can be like, "Woo, this is going to be great. But sometimes we can miss what faith is because we already know what faith is. And we're still missing it. Are you with me? So sometimes knowing what faith isn't helps us to know what faith is. And so we're going to look at a couple of verses today. To help us, because really, we sang a song, anything and everything is possible, uh, but really it's possible to him who believes, and you are capable of believing. We all are capable of believing and seeing wonderful, wonderful things. Are you with me? So let's look at some things, and like I said, you know, you can add certain things to food, and it makes it like, yes, this is good. It was missing something. And sometimes a little thing that can be missing, just adding that little thing can make the difference between, yeah, it was all right, and that was what I needed. You with me? And so we should be uh, paying attention. And... Uh, realizing that sometimes, you know, God will emphasize one part of this subject, and uh, to be a glorious church and to walk uh, a certain way that God wants us to walk and experience the fullness of things, this is a real element that hopefully uh, we have not forgotten. Hebrews 11.1, 1. everybody open to hear something that will change your life. Everybody paying attention well. All right. Because we're going to get something that will help you. It'll thrill you. You'll be excited. You'll be able to spit right in the devil's face and go. I don't know if I would do that. And not because of you. But learning something can help you immensely. Hebrews 11.1, 1. now faith is, or you could say faith is, now faith is, this is what faith is, this, this is a picture of faith, and if we're to live by faith, the Bible said the just or the people, you could say it like this, the people who serve God are to live by faith. You and I are to live by faith. So all of our approach to life has to be a faith proposition. So he said, now faith is, or faith is this. But then right on the other hand, Notice this phrase. Notice what it says. Faith is, or now faith is. Either way, faith is 
means this is a present tense condition. Whatever faith is, it's a present tense condition. It's a, it's a way you are now, I could say it like this, before the future. And that is important even though it may not make sense right now. I never understood why when you would watch your mom cook or your grandmother or different people cook that they would put a pinch of salt in there because that makes no sense when you're making a cake. Why? That, or, or, or a good amount of salt. But now a bunch of geniuses have come along and said, you know, you could sprinkle salty bacon on a donut and it's good. And you're like, you're right. <laughs> you're right. When you were little, when I was little, I think this is the dumbest thing. And now I'll go buy ice cream that's salted caramel ice cream. And I'm paying for somebody now to put salt in that I thought, What? Somebody said, I still don't do that. Well, you should give it a try. Anyway, and I'm not saying get your salt shaker out and put it on, but I remember even when I was little, uh, one of the kids up the street or some of the kids up the street, we ate watermelon the right way. They put salt on it. I thought, salt on the watermelon? Then you know what? I found out there's a lot of people who do that, and then I didn't realize what it did. There's a reason it says now faith is. Faith is present tense. Um, this will help us. Faith is now, it's present tense. So if I'm in faith, it's a posture I have now. Notice this. It is, faith is, the substance. Faith is the substance. You know what substance is? Uh-uh. Everybody knows what substance is. You ever eaten something and said, well, there's no substance to that. You're still hungry. We know there's something there when we think of substance. But whatever this substance is, it's not physical substance. But faith, whatever this faith is, it is the substance. There's substance to faith. But it's not a physical substance. And this is important. And we'll tie this together. Of things hoped for, faith is the evidence or the proof of things not seen. Now let's connect this. If faith is present tense, whatever this is that we call faith, and you possess it now, it is some kind of proof or some kind of confidence or some kind of assurance that I possess now, it's evidence, it's proof, it's fact, but it's fact of what I'm not experiencing and seeing and feeling. Right? Things hope for. The Bible said hope is always something in the future. And notice it's the evidence of things not seen, but you could say it like this, it's what you're not experiencing today. It's what you're not experiencing right now. But faith is an assurance of what I'm not experiencing. So that means it's something I have now before I experience something. Faith is something I possess now before I experience it. Before I experience an answer to prayer. Before I experience any kind of joy of the Lord. Whatever it is, if I have faith, it's the confidence that I have it now. Because faith literally means assurance and confidence or persuasion. So he said that persuasion of things you don't see actually has substance to it. It's a real, viable thing. 
So that means if the Lord said as a Christian, I live in you all the time once you're saved. The only way I'm not going to be thrown around is if I have faith in that. Otherwise, what happens, you'll get people who will receive the Lord and they'll come back the next week to pray again. You know why? Because they're struggling in faith. It doesn't mean they don't have it. They've, if they've received the Lord, they're just not confident now before they have a special feeling. You with me? Before they feel the headache gone, before all the symptoms are gone, they, they should have the assurance, I have it now. I believe it before I see it. That is what faith is. That's how you, the Bible calls the church this glorious church, the household of faith. We're the household of faith people. So that means we should be able to say with confidence, before we experience things, it's mine. But the issue is, how does faith come? A lot of people don't know. I, I've met people who say, well, you pray about it. You, uh, you know, you fast. You just either got it or you don't got it. Well, let's look at this familiar verse. Romans 10, 17. It says, Romans 10, 17. Now, when we're talking about faith... We're talking about having an assurance of something that is so before you experience it. You're the temple of God. How can I be assured I'm the temple of God before I sense the Holy Spirit moving in me? Before I do. By faith. Having this confidence. Well, how can I have this confidence? Is it just automatic? And I'm going to read this verse, and I may uh, slap some people's hands here. Because, you know, you ever, you ever done that to a kid? They go to grab something they shouldn't grab, and you're like, Psh, stop it. And then they're like, you're like, Psh, stop it. And then they're like, stop it. And then they're like, some people are going to need to get your hand slapped right here. Because some people have missed it in this verse and tried to make it say something it didn't or heard something that has affected their faith. And they readily could have had good faith like that and they thought this said something it didn't say. Notice Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing... And hearing by the Word of God. When you hear the Word of God, faith comes. So if faith isn't coming, you're not hearing it right. But the other side is this. Some good Christians have talked themselves out of faith because they have heard this, and there is a truth, and maybe you've heard this, Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. So you got to hear and hear and hear and hear and hear. Anybody ever heard that? Put your hand up if you heard that. You just got to hear and hear and hear and hear. Well, listen to this. I believe you should hear and hear. But faith will come to you the first time you hear it if you'll just accept it. The first time. The first time. Because could you imagine the early disciples if they believed you keep having to hear the same verse and same verse and same verse and finally faith will come? That's not what this verse is saying. It's saying if your attitude is right, you can just accept it, what's said, and you will have faith right then. Right then, right now. See, what we have done is instead of accepting what we've heard, we just keep hearing it thinking, well, sometime 
it's going to persuade me. Like it's going to talk me into it eventually. And then I'll have faith. No. If He said, by His stripes you were healed, then you have to accept that right now before you feel it and accept His Word into your own heart before you experience it and go, I am healed now. I don't have to hear that 500 times to believe it. Could you imagine if faith came by hearing and you just had to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it and you were talking to the Lord one day and He appeared to you in a vision and said, I'm about to give you some instructions for your life. This instruction I give you will be faith because faith comes by hearing. And you're like, okay, awesome. And he's all, I'm sending you to the world. Can you say that again? I'm sending you to the world. Can you say that again? I'm sending you to the world. Can you say that again? I'm sending you to the world. Lord, I just need you to, faith comes by hearing. I'm sending you to the world. Uh, could you say that again, Lord? I'm sa- Listen, I, I got more to tell you. I'm sending you to the world. You just have to accept it one time. Okay, I'm going to the world. That's where he's sending me. Then I have confidence And I haven't even gone to the world. Where did I get the confidence? Because I accepted at face value what he said, and that was it. Here's the thing. Some people uh, are trying to make the word of, or talk themselves into believing what God said. They're not accepting it. If he said you're dead to sin, well, you know, I'm trying to be dead from sin. No, accept the truth Now, the problem is some people have not accepted the integrity of God's Word first. They haven't. They haven't accepted the absolute integrity of what God put in that book. So it's almost like you're trying to talk them into it and God, basically, God didn't talk people into things. You see how he dealt with his disciples? His disciples? He said, I've given you this, now go do it. Just go do it. And they had to accept it on hearing it one time and go doing it. And they had faith. And they didn't say, you know, the issue is I just got to hear this. Now, do I believe we should hear and keep hearing? Yes, because things can slip. But our attitude should be, when I hear it, it's a fact. But that's where all the arguments come. Yeah, but how do you feel? What, you know, you really believe you're free from sin? The minute I found out I, when I gave my life to the Lord that I was free from sin, I just started telling people, I'm free. And I believed it. And I remember other people struggling because they, they didn't accept it. The more we will just face value, accept what God says, I mean even the first time you hear it. But here's why some people won't accept what God says. Because they violate Hebrews 11, let's go back there. Hebrews 11, 1. The verse we read a minute ago. Is everybody okay? Now faith comes from hearing. I heard it. It's the substance. In other words, I believe I have what I'm hoping for. It's gone from hoping for it to believing I've got it. I've got the substance. I'm just as thrilled now. I'm free, and I haven't even experienced the freedom yet, but I believe it now. And then it says, and faith is the evidence or the confidence of things not seen. So when the Word comes to you, it will give you confidence before you see. What do you mean by that? If God said... I watch over you to protect you and you're going on a trip 
And everybody who drives on that road gets in a car accident or, you know, because there's highways around. They're like, oh, that's the death highway. You ever heard of those places? I mean, I've lived or traveled or vacationed in places where they had that kind of stuff. Like, oh, that's that highway. And you hear people talk about it all the time. Why don't we just believe what he said that he will give his angels charge over me? And how should you act when you travel? Oh, Lord, just come on, come on, come on. No, if I'm persuaded, I am not panicking. Now, panic thoughts may come, but I have confidence I'm protected. And when I go, I will be protected. Why is that? Because I have faith about what I don't see. Before I experience... You know, for everybody here who has already given their life to the Lord or people watching, you already have divine life in you. You have eternal life in you. When you get to heaven, your body will be changed, but you will be experiencing the life that actually you had already here. Somebody said, well, heaven's not going to be that good. No, earth should be better. Now, I understand there are people who don't have Jesus in their heart. They don't have eternal life in them. But anybody who's ever walked with God has experienced that thrill of eternal life. But it's something that should be walked in. But you have to believe you've got it, because faith believes. And the only way you can believe you've got it is you found a promise that said, it is yours. And then you accept it when you don't feel the eternal life of God. But my faith is not blind. My faith is based out of something He said. So if He said, I have eternal life, and I've got joy in me, and I've got all this in me, before I experience it, I should be confident I've got it. The only way you get confident is accepting what he said. And when you do that and begin to act before you experience, because that's the key to faith. Knowing before you experience it. Well, everything is opposed. And when I say opposed, outward circumstances. You know, you could get so thrilled as a believer by the, by the time you left today if you just ignored the rest of what I said, which I don't recommend, and just start saying, glory to God, the Word of God does say I've got eternal life inside of me. And if it's inside of me, it's mine, and it's mine to walk in right now and not even be experiencing it. And you just say that under your breath a little bit, the life of God is in me. God is for me. As a believer... And that life will begin to permeate you. That's what faith is. Faith is not seen. Faith produces experience. Answers to prayer. And so when he said now faith is the substance of things hoped for, it's the evidence or proof of things not seen. Or, and I like to say it like this. Experienced or touched or whatever. If I have faith or you have faith, it starts off with no feelings, with no experience. It starts off with the Word of God. It starts off with it is written. And from there, I believe. And believing before I see and start acting. I mean, could you imagine Peter when he stepped out of the boat and walked on the water uh, he had faith to do it at first, but he didn't reach and say and start touching. Why? Because he believed in something that he could not feel and was not experiencing. He had never experienced walking on the water. And he got right out and started doing it for a little bit till he got distracted by the circumstances. But you think about it, how many times did he hear before he could receive? One time, he got the faith and he acted. Who would be bold enough to act? 
on what you hear. Because you accept what you hear. Let's look over here in Mark 11. And you can almost not teach on faith without touching on this. But this, this one point that I think helps all Christians to remember this, especially because we're Spirit-filled Christians, you know, that believe in all the stuff about being filled with the Spirit. And so we're used to saying, man, did you sense God? Did you notice God doing this? And we talk a lot about experience. And rightfully so. Because there is experiences, one after the other with God. But we always should put the experience second to the Word and believing. And, and so we talk about experience, and, and like I said, rightfully so, but if we're waiting for an experience to act, like God's got to just come on me and all His power, then I'll tell somebody or these different things, we're missing it. Because remember, we're to walk by faith, so we should be motivated by God's Word and God's leadings. Are you with me? And so, even though we love experience, I mean, I don't know about you, but I would prefer while we're singing songs or during praise and worship to sense God. Oh, we're singing again. No. <laughs> and or we're going to praise the Lord. And, and I mean, God has made it this way that you could experience. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself said, you need to believe me for what the Word said. But if you don't even believe me for what the Word said, at least believe me for the works. Because of what you're experiencing and what you're seeing. So he put the Word in what God said first. So experiences are great. But I'll tell you what, have you ever woke up and not had an experience? And you're like, ugh. Do I have to get up? And you get up anyway. And you're not experiencing, as people would say, jack. I mean, jack, meaning nothing. But you act anyway. But with, when it comes to faith, we need to act now on what we hear because we believe it as a fact. And we're confident in what he said. Let's notice this real quick. Because some people don't want to act on something until they feel it, they experience it, they see it, and so they'll talk, well, I'm still praying about it, I'm still this, but we need to recognize there's an element of acting in faith, and it means to act and believe and believe, believe before you experience or before it becomes something you can touch and experience. And when I say that, I'm covering praying for yourself for healing. I mean believing for finances. I mean living in joy. It doesn't matter. Getting free from depression. You have to do this first. And notice this in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you, and he was teaching people how to have faith, how to walk in faith, what faith looks like. He said, notice, therefore, I say to you, Jesus said this, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe after you experience it, Believe that when you notice your body starts feeling better, God's working. But when your body starts feeling worse, believe God's not working. That's what people's faith looks like. That's not the kind of faith He told us about. When you're going up, it's good. When you're going down, oh, pray more. You know, I remember hearing a story about... Uh, this uh, person who had been sick and, uh, and was not doing well. And the doctor said, this person is not going to make it. And so one of the ladies of the church, true story, came and said, uh, everybody, and I heard this story firsthand from the minister that was there. 
uh, said uh, they had a time where they would testify and you could give a pray for so-and-so. Well, this lady came in late and they were in between the songs and the time of preaching and said, Sister so-and-so's down at the hospital. Pray for her. And so the guest speaker was there, the person I knew, and then the pastor and he said, yes, I was down at the hospital. I know the person, is, is, the doctors have said this. And I said, why don't we all join together then and pray for him? So they prayed for this person. They claimed their healing. What are you to do? You are to believe before you see any change. You got the change. You got the healing. You weren't praying. Now listen to this. If you're praying for healing, you're not praying for improvements. Like, a little better, a little better, a little better, and I'll explain this. So, they prayed and they claimed. Well, the person wasn't supposed to live through the rest of the night. A couple days later, they're there in this meeting, and that same lady came in. And they said, the doctor is, or maybe it was even the next day, the doctor is astounded. The person has gone from this place that's real bad to all the, I mean, you know, like three quarters of the way better. The person who could not walk, couldn't get it, was up walking around. And the doctor said, we, we have experienced a miracle. Now, the lady wasn't praying and believing. This congregation was praying for him. And what happened was, this lady that came back said, so we just need to pray and believe for the rest. Now, wait a minute. Were you guys, when we first started praying, only believing for part? Now, this is what this minister said. The Lord spoke to him in a voice on the inside and said, Now, because they're praying this way, they have now left faith, and now they have taken her out of my hands, and she'll be dead in three days. And she had gone to the place where she was under an oxygen, on oxygen and everything, and up walking around. But you see what happened, they got out of faith. And they started not believing before they saw. They started living by what they saw and said, we need to pray more. This minister even said, he said, I wish I would have intruded and stopped everybody and said, wait a minute, when I prayed the other day, I prayed that they would be healed, not that they would improve. And now we've gone backwards and let go of what we prayed. You know why? Because they were violating this right here. They weren't being confident about what they couldn't see. They should have said, well, praise the Lord. Whether you go up or down, I know in be careful what I say, in dealing with somebody one time who was, God had supernaturally worked in this person, I'd actually gone to the hospital before service started. We're in this here, and I went, and I remember uh, talking to this per two people in this whatever area in the hospital, and the Spirit of God came on me, and I said, here's what the deal is. God's working. We got this. I, I spoke told him what God was doing. I, I walk out of the room. And I said, you just stick right there. You stay right there. The doctor came in and basically said, it's done. And I just had a word from God that it wasn't done. Now, you can't just give a word. If you don't got a word, don't give a word. Uh, give Scripture. And they stood their ground and they said, you know, this person can't do this, this can't happen, and they can't be here and they can't live this way. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, they said, well, we're not going to do that. And all of a sudden it changed enough where they were able to do something with this person and transport them. Well, long story short, as they started traveling along, uh, I would talk to this person. And uh, they're like, man, we're so excited. 
And all of a sudden, this person who should have not made it technically from their terms just kept climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. And I noticed this in talking to this family member who, the spouse, all of a sudden they changed from believing they had to telling about the good reports the doctor was giving. And as they started changing toward the good reports the doctor was giving, that became their testimony. And guess what happened? They started dropping. I said, can I help you? Let me tell you, quit that. Go back to believing they have it. And believing that they've received, that we've received when we prayed, we already know we had a supernatural word. We're way down the road now. Believe, faith believes before it experiences, but now all we're discussing is the positive experiences the doctor is giving, you know, telling. But now all of a sudden we're talking that way and we're totally living by sight instead of believing before we see that the minute a little bit started to go downhill, the testimony changed. Uh-oh. And it started going down. I said, change that. Let's go back to we've got it. And you know when we did? I said, don't make a big thing out of it. We're grateful. For, we know that we're going to get good reports. And do you know it changed and then boop, back up it went. But what am I getting at? The, those people who the Lord said, they took them out of my hands. Why? Because the way God's able to do things is through faith. That is based on what we have in the Word. And so here in Mark eleven twenty four, he was teaching about faith. And we're going to look at this and then we're going to close. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Now listen to this, because this can help. Believe that you receive them. That means you don't have them when you're believing. That means you're not experiencing them, because he said, believe you receive to believe you get it means you don't have it while you're believing. That means you take it before you experience it. This isn't, that means I believe right now, glory to God, I'm healed. Yeah, but my ankle hurts. I know, but that you can wait to see and experience or you can believe before. And that's how faith works. So I can believe my ankle is strong, and every time I walk it goes, ow, 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 ow. But if I have a promise, I can believe that I've received. Before... I experience, or see, or realize. And that's what can drive us in our life when we're, well, I don't feel the Lord today. Glory to God, the strength of God is in me. He lives in me and all of His power. How can you be so sure? Do you feel Him? You know, many of the times I've told stories like where I've ministered to people and laid hands on people and the power of God flowed. I remember I was in this big meeting. There was probably... I don't know, 1,500 people there. And I was sitting there, and this guy literally, he's the speaker. He's over this thing. And he's, I'm telling you what, God's going to do miracles today. I'm thinking, I'm glad I'm here. This is going to be good. He said, I'll tell you what, he's going to do some wonderful things. He didn't, you know, and I know him a little bit. And he is just going on and on. And uh, I literally, probably 15 pe 1,500 people there, there might have been more. He said, God is, I'm telling you right now, God is going to heal people with deafness in their ears. Well, wouldn't you like to be there? Wouldn't that be cool? Just watch some people get healed of deafness right there? How many would like that? Cool. I was there, I was thinking the same thing. This is going to be good. And he said, now I'm going to have David Edwards get up and minister to him. You know, my name badge said that. I, I, I was like... 
He didn't warn me. He didn't say anything. And I literally stood up out of my seat. And you know, I didn't sense God one bit. But it was a long enough walk. I just said, thank you, God. Under my breath. Nobody knew. So thank you, God. Your power's in me. Your power's on me. And you know, as I started walking before, I felt the thing. I just said, thank you, God. Your power's in me. I minister to people all the time. I know I have a healing anointing. And you know, all of a sudden, it just came on me. And I started experiencing it. But what if I would have said, dude, not today. Because I didn't, I didn't have a special feeling. The Lord didn't pre-warn me. I remember the first woman I walked up to, the power of God went into her so strong, it jerked her to the ground and me. Then we started going. And I remember going back to the hotel where I was staying, and I got in this elevator, and I saw this lady. I had a coat on then. And I said, hey, how are you doing? She said, great. I was just at this meeting. I was like, I was there too. And she said, I was deaf in my ear. She said, I could hear. I said, awesome. That's cool. And uh, that was me. No, I didn't even say a word because, you know, then you get yourself in trouble. But what I'm getting at is this. I didn't sense anything until I started acting and believing that I have. Believing before I experienced. Believing before. Well, I knew some scriptures, so I said, thank you. Greater are you inside of me than anything that's in the world. So you're greater than this. And not only that, I still do it. I still say things like this. Thank you, Lord, when I speak to germs and speak to, or when I'm around diseases and germs, and I'll just speak, I'll say, when I speak to them, they have to go. They have to go now. They have to leave. They have to leave. But I haven't seen it. But I believe it before. Why? Because someday I'm going to need to use it. But we should all know this, that whatever things we desire when we pray, you've got to believe before you experience it that you possess it. That means before your feelings line up, before your checkbook lines up, before anything lines up, you believe you got it. Glory to God, I'm free. How do you know? Because he said it. I've accepted his word. I have confidence before I see. Everybody say this, before I see. see. That means you're going to see if you approach it this way. Well, what if it takes a week or two till you see? Well, don't, don't cave in. I'm free. Glory to God, I'm free. The Bible said we're not of them who draw back. We don't draw back and go, I don't feel, I don't, I'm not. No, we are not of them. We're people who can believe and do believe before we see. And we can be just confident. Could you imagine Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, any of the great people of faith, if they waited till they saw something, they didn't wait. They said, we believe before we see, and here we go. And I'll tell you what, in the day and age we live in, all hell can break loose if you'll believe who's in you and believe what he said is for you and how he'll work on your behalf. You don't have to feel it first. You can go, glory to God, here we go. And you can get right up to the edge of the boat and still not feel it and go, I believe. But I'll wait to feel it till I step. No. You still go. But you've got to get that confidence from accepting the Word. I would encourage you this. Make the Word of God as precious as anything. And you are on a good path with your faith.